afternoon or good evening and welcome to the Vanguard. For Muhammad, I am Matt and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. How are you doing, Muhammad? And for Matt, I am Muhammad. <laughs> I wanted to do this one time, so here we go. How are you doing, Matt? I am doing fantastic today. I am doing absolutely fantastic. Uh, first and foremost, let us thank Low Tide Kava Bar for the kava we will be drinking throughout today's episode. So let's give that a quick stir. And That's why you're hearing if you're hearing it. Right. Just someone's going to ask. Right. And uh, shells up. Bula. Bula. Yep, that taste never, ever gets old. <laughs> so we are on... What this is episode ten. Ten. This we are in the double digits. Mm-hmm. We are in the double digits, and so, we're we're making up for um, not doing this on Saturday like we always do. Right. Which yeah. I still think is a good thing that we're showing that we're making up where we fell behind. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, we were on Saturday. We're going to talk about our own personal uh, predictions for the Super Bowl, but now we don't need to do that because, well, we know that I would have been right. Yeah. <laughs> and while you and I were sitting there watching the Super Bowl together yesterday, there was a whole bunch of shit talking coming from you for a good portion. It was from, every- <laughs> it was from everybody. I was sitting right in the middle of you people. Right. But you, uh, you, you were doing it online. Oh, which was my favorite part of saying that libertarians like the Falcons and not the Patriots. No, I didn't say that. I said the best libertarians <laughs> are Falcontarians. <laughs> yes, that was up until our friend Jenna decided to tell you. Our friend. Our friend Jenna decided to tell you that you were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, the backstory behind that is uh, there's a Facebook friend of mine, uh, Jenna, and everybody knows I can get a little creepertarian sometimes, but it doesn't always come out. <laughs> uh, but she's one of my friends that I know through. Um, she's one of our friends. One of our friends <laughs> that uh, I know through uh, Laura Mars and Liberty Viral. <laughs> she's really cute. So when I <laughs> when she said the whole uh, boo thing, I was like, oh shit, this is not. But he heard it. <laughs> he he audibly said, oh shit, and so I immediately went to that post. To see who he did not like saying that. <laughs> and then I became friends with her over Facebook. <laughs> and now she's our friend. Now she's our friend Jenna and not his friend Jenna. <laughs> but all in all, that was a fantastic was. football game. That yeah. was that was possibly one of the best football games I've ever seen. Was, was that one of the largest leads they've that's ever been at a Super Bowl that is the largest comeback in a Super Bowl ever oh so simultaneously also the largest maintained lead for um, that first I don't you know, know I honestly three quarters no there's been bigger there have been definitely. I can't okay because yeah. I can't remember I believe I believe and I don't quote me on but the Bills versus the Cowboys the second time I think that the Cowboys just kicked the ever-living crap out of the Bills okay yeah so that, I don't think that was the biggest lead, but it was the biggest comeback mm-hmm. uh, by far. Yeah, and actually, uh, funny enough, I, I saw a meme this morning that said, 
um, that the Patriots um, had a lead for exe- for zero seconds that whole game, which yeah. you know I was like, oh yeah, that's, that that makes ac- sense, and they still accurate. won. Right, they yeah. did. And so many people have been comparing that to the 2016 election. Yes. Because it looked like Hillary was going to win that thing right up to that last second where Donald Trump just came in and just steamrolled it. Yep, the birds choked. Yes, they did. And they I'm, choked. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still not a Falcons fan. I just don't like the Patriots. Sorry for you know not getting along with you or anybody else on that. I'm still a Bucks Nation fan. Right, I understand that. Yeah. I've been rooting. I. I've been rooting for the Patriots my entire life unless they play the L.A. slash St. Louis slash L.A. Rams because I've been a Rams fan my entire life. Okay. I have rooted for the Patriots. Is that like a family thing? That's a family thing. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so the Patriots won yesterday and Tom Brady pretty much sealed it that he is the greatest quarterback of all time in my personal correct opinion. Um, but yeah, like, I, you know, us being libertarians, our Facebook feeds were blowing up with people, I'm certain, saying things like, who's watching the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl is only there to distract, distract us from what's really going on in the world and blah, blah, blah. Just let us have fun. Everybody needs to take a day off from fighting the good fight and to just enjoy something. Yeah, I see shit like that all the time. And it's yeah. It is mostly libertarians, but it's not always libertarians. Um, Anarchists, libertarians, you know, yeah. communists, even progressives. Yeah. You know, but and people will say stuff like it's a uh, what call it, like it's some kind of conspiracy that the the, the new world order <laughs> or the Illuminati is you know trying to put us to sleep by giving us bread and games. I'm sorry, that's just not how that works. No, that's just this is just capitalism at work. And that's, this is people going out there to entertain us, you know, get hurt, um, you know, make their cities happy, um, you know, people's advertising their products. So I don't think it's anybody trying to uh, put us asleep. It's just people trying to make money and people trying to provide entertainment and it's a whole circle. Right. Exactly. But – Nonetheless, all that really matters is the Patriots won. Yes. And I have a new friend because of it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So, Jenna, it is great to be your friend. (laughs) That was one of the highlights of my week. Thank you so much for that. Um, Speaking still about the whole football thing, um, um, our friend Zach Holland that also hangs out at Low Tide to, uh, mentioned on a uh, post of mine that he saw NBC or MSNBC. Yeah, it was MSNBC. Yeah, tried to basically say that the um, the Falcons, the Atlanta Falcons, was like the progressive leftists for social justice against the. Brady, you know, the Trump supporting white team. Why bring race into it like that? Right. Why bring race and politics into it? Who cares that Brady and Belichick supported Trump? Like, it's just football. Yeah. And uh, 
it, it's fun to to I mean I mean even I even I made that post saying that Hillary Clinton is a is, is a Patriots fan, which is not even close. But, that is not true. <laughs> I'm sure she is, but <laughs> well, not, no, not if Brady and Belichick voted for Trump. She's not. <laughs> well, b- besides all that, um, I-, I said it as a joke, you know, um, and it was obvious. But other people were like really making it like a serious comparison, which I think is pretty sad that that they would go that far to make everything so race baity right and not everything has to be such a race baity not everything needs to be politicized Mm -hmm. which lady gaga did a relatively decent job of not politicizing her performance yeah i didn't and you actually (laughs) a lot of it looks like a lot of conservatives were pretty unhappy for it not happening or something I was kind of confused by that. Yeah, I, was like, I think they wanted to have a reason to dislike her more. Yeah, pr- pretty much. You know, I'm a fan of hers. I like I like her music. She's got a good voice. I don't, but you know, yeah. whatever. That's it personal, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah Personal music. opinions. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I can I mean, see why people would like her, but yeah, I just, exactly. I'm not a fan. You, yeah, you just but you can't deny that you know she's a good artist. Just right. Simply at that, and people just want to find reasons to you know hate other people. Right, exactly. Which actually, that just sort of brings us right into the next one to our first topic today, and uh, we're going to talk about Milo Yiannopoulos, uh-huh. the uh, the polarizing icon of the conservative movement, and how everybody knows that last week he was scheduled to appear at UC Berkeley. And that when he was going to be appearing there, uh, a group of protesters uh, showed up and they decided that they were going to attempt to stop the, um, the, the, the talk, the meeting. And he, uh, they, I, th- I read that about 150 of them, many of them masked showed up and they started lighting things on fire and they were beating the people who were going to, who were there in support of Milo. Yeah. Smash the system, you know? Sma- yeah. Just absolutely smash the system. And he, uh, and they went on, they ended up canceling the event and they considered that a big win where I believe that that was the opposite of a big win. And in fact was a loss for essentially everybody. Yeah, and it ended up actually, I guess, doing the opposite of what they wanted because a lot of people started looking up who Milo was right. and why this was happening. It, it got him more notoriety in those in that two hour, you know, forty eight hours from that event happening than he had been able to get ever. It it, it really confuses me how. In my opinion, from what I'm seeing, the left hasn't learned anything about their loss in this election is that you're still going to go around uh, blaming and playing identity politics. Right. Uh, What's his name? Jonathan Pye. Yeah. He had a great piece on this where he said, why are we constantly trying to spin these things? Why are we trying to spin the news? Just report the news. Allow the people to make their own judgments. We don't have to tell the story. The story will tell itself if we just report facts. We don't need to spin it. We don't need to, to do this. 
And for them to go out there at the place, at the birth of the free speech movement, which is where Berkeley is where that all started. Of We have the right to say these things. We're fighting to be able to say what we want to have this happen at Berkeley is just absolutely unbelievable that people who claim that they're anti-fascist are attacking the people who want to see this guy speak because they disagree with what he says. They disagree with his ideas. They disagree with his opinions. That They're going to light stuff on fire, that they're going to beat people for showing up there. It's, it, it's not anti-fascist. It's pro-fascism. It's just they don't see it that way because they That's think – what the Nazis did. Exactly. It's, they burnt books. Right. Which is – I uh, watched an interview with Milo on uh, Tucker Carlson and he was saying that they were talking about buying his books so they could burn them. And he said, OK, you're still buying my book. I yeah, don't I mean, care <laughs> what you do with it. Um, I never understood the um, – both sides do this because – I remember when Trump got elected, the conservatives were going into Starbucks and <laughs> buying coffee with and telling them their name, name is Trump. Trump. You right, know, yeah. like, I still don't get it. You're giving money to your opposition. Exactly. Yeah. If, if you don't like the fact that Starbucks is not putting Christmas decorations on their cups or whatever, why are you going into Starbucks and saying your name is Christmas? Or if you disagree with Starbucks siding with Hillary – why are you going into Starbucks and saying your name is Trump just so they have to say it? You're still giving them money. It makes zero sense. By you going into Berkeley and setting fires and causing everything that you did, it just gives him notoriety. It gives him popularity. It gives him fame. It gives him everything that he wants. And it makes them look bad because it, now the uh, the left now has it where they can – they're basically saying that they can declare whoever they don't like on the right a neo-Nazi um, and punch him in the face. Because a lot of people have been talking about the whole punching Nazis in the face thing and is it legitimate to do or not. But all that's been doing is it's asking, do we have the right to label our political opponents Nazis so we can punch them in the face? Which, in my opinion, is still a no because... Yeah, I mean, do you have, if they're, first of all, how do you, you know, besides the randomly declaring someone a Nazi, you don't know that someone's a Nazi unless they're part of the uh, the German National Socialist, Socialist. Workers Party, exactly. or you're part of the National Socialist Movement in, in the United States, or I think those are the only really actual Nazi organizations by name, um, or unless they have uh, Nazi swastikas. That's the only way you know someone's a Nazi, or they tell you they're a Nazi. Um, but even then, if a Nazi's walking down down the street, minding his own business, you get to punch him in the face, you know? Um, and that's where the issue comes from. Right. And I was actually, I was talking to our friend Greg Bowen about this the other day, and he was saying that, yes, it's okay to punch a Nazi in the face. And I am a libertarian who does believe in the nap and all of that. But yeah, if you are walking down the street and it's not Halloween or, you know, the week before and you are wearing a full on SS uniform, I will probably say, yeah, no, you're okay to be punched in the face because you're probably really a Nazi Mm -hmm. and you have plans, if not have already done things that, 
would violate the nap anyway, so screw it. Um, but just to say, oh, well, Milo, the gay Jewish guy, yeah, he's a Nazi, like... Who no. like yeah? Who likes black people? Right. Who who penis? Who yes? I don't he, know. he likes. I don't know. I don't know if we're going to say those words or not. Right. And so, I mean, to say that he's a Nazi is completely wrong. One of one of the uh, employees at Low Tide was talking to me, and she's like, "Well, he's trying to push the Nazi agenda," and I was like, "The gay Jewish guy is pushing a Nazi agenda. Think about that." And she said, "Well, I'm going to have to think about." I'm gonna have to. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to look into this and debate you. Be able to debate you better. And I was like, okay, you can. Yeah, fair enough. He's not, I, and I do respect that. Uh, but it's also, he's not trying to push a Nazi agenda. As yes, I don't agree with his tactics on certain things, but just because he hurts people's feelings and yeah, he may make fun of people and call them out. That's not a reason to ban him from places. And I do agree with what President Trump said was if they're going to try to stop free speech, then maybe he should take away their federal funding. Yeah, I yeah. I mean, it, learning – well, I, I don't remember. I watched a, um, a video by We the Internet, um, which they're, in a, they're, a, they're a pretty cool um, – Facebook organization, well, you know, a group on Facebook, and they're talking about uh, free speech issues at Brown University in uh, Rhode Island, and it was the president, or one of the last presidents uh, of Brown, a black woman, said that learning is the antithesis of comfort, Um, and she was pretty well known because uh, David Horowitz was wanting to basically, he took out an ad, uh, speaking out against reparations, uh, for African Americans and the opposition basically took all the newspapers, you know, but she allowed him, she invited him to come back, a black woman, uh, and let him speak. And she was there in the audience. And even I have attended, um, Milo events. I attended one at USF that night before it was the night of the first presidential debate. And two days later, I think, or the next day, I went to the Milo event at University of uh, Central Florida. And that topic ended up being about the uh, 12 reasons why he hates Islam. And I remember when you went to that one. Yeah, yeah. Um, and some of the uh, some of the stuff he said um, was debatable. Some was um, some some was was like pretty factual. Uh, you know, when he talking about statistics and stuff, but he also made some shit up too. Like he talked about how like uh, back home in the in the UK they found that <laughs> people with pale skin and you know redheads are easier to get radicalized and turn to Islam. It was just some weird ass thing that he said. I was like, what the fuck? Like, uh, so <laughs> you're bringing DNA into it then. Yeah. That's very bizarre as a person who has many gingers in my family. Yeah. And, um, by that, um, I, I didn't want to burn anything and I, and I didn't, I didn't really hate Milo any less. Um, or more, 
or I'm sorry, or I didn't hate him anymore. I mean, I've always been uh, quite neutral on him. I like what he does with the political correctness stuff, but on on his Facebook page, he shared a he shared a, a news article uh, about Muslims in Sweden uh, getting Christmas lights to be banned which turned out to be fake, and a lot of Swedes were actually commenting, saying that's not what happened. So I decided to look it up, and I saw that um, there there was no ban on Christmas lights, especially not because of uh, Muslims. Uh, and the story has since been up, and it still remains up. So I don't like that spreading of obviously fake news. Um but we're talking about college campuses here and having the right to speak to a group of students that invited you. And if students have the right to participate and listen or to just simply not go. Right, exactly. The way I, the way I see it is a group, a student organization at a federally funded school invited a speaker to come and speak. And I don't care if that speaker is Milo or Sarah Silverman or... David Duke or uh, Madonna or whomever. It really doesn't matter. Um, as long as it's invited by a student organization and it is not mandatory for all students to attend, there should be no issue. There should be absolute – they should be allowed to come in, speak to the organization that invited them, to anybody that wants to come and see them, but they should not have to deal with – the student student body can protest. That's fine. They they're allowed, oh yeah, they, they can protest. Protest all you want. I don't care. Like you can hold up signs and be like, yeah, we don't like you because you're an awful human being, or whatever. I don't I don't care. It's the point where you say you're anti-fascist, but then you adopt fascist fascist uh, tactics. tactics. And you start, you know, setting fires and beating the people that want to go in and see this and create this Orwellian-type situation where the people that you don't want to talk aren't going to be allowed to talk. It's it's just not, for lack of any better word, right. Yeah. Um and on top of that, uh, the free exchange of information um, is what allows our society to prosper, and um, it, it, it's what allows the best ideas on the marketplace of ideas to win. Because you have to test these uh, these ideas against you know the culture and the people that are listening to it, like how you had to with the civil rights movement, like they had to do with the anti war movement and abolition of slavery, uh, women's suffrage, all of that came about because of the the right to assemble and say whatever you want and for speakers in those movements to to spread their ideas um, as much as they want. If you're not allowed to do that, then you, you don't have that the better the best ideas being tested and winning anymore. Now you just have to conform to people's uh preset ideas and what they want you to believe right and it's better in my mind anyway uh for all ideas to be out there so people can make their own opinions can make their own ideas can say no that guy's an idiot or that's somebody i want to listen to and whatever 
Um, but so many of these people, they sit there and they complain about people like Milo and they complain about people like Sarah Silverman and they complain about, um, so many other, you know, just so many, way too many to name right here, but they're doing it from their bar stools or, you know, they're just doing it while talking to people in their homes or at school or whatever. And they aren't out there actually trying to make a difference outside of their own group of friends. If you hate these people, go out there and fight against them with your words and your knowledge and your information. Yeah. Which usually they're, they're able to on college campuses anyways. I even have a, um, my friend, um, Emily Faulkner, she's a pro-life activist uh, in Colorado, and right now they're, um, she sued her, her school because, um, I might have talked about this last time, I don't remember, uh, because they didn't allow her uh, speaker to come on campus uh, to speak about um, the pro-life issue uh, perspective on, on uh, aborting babies, um, which, uh, you know, again shows how uh, selective free speech is on today's college campuses, where if you're a dues-paying student with an officially recognized organization on campus, if your view uh, might hurt someone's feeling or is not the prevailing public view on, on the quad, then you're not allowed to have that view because, I don't know, people will be get hurt or something. Like, what happened to the whole uh, sticks and stones may hurt my bones, but words may never hurt me thing? Right. They, they stopped teaching that to people? I think they must have. Like, they absolutely must have. Like, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That was something that was burned into my brain growing up. And I was kind of surprised that in an, arg- in an argument I was getting in on Facebook with one of our friends, um, he was saying Milo needs to be banned from campuses because he bullies students and he says mean things about students. And he's No, he doesn't. What? <laughs> uh, no, like, I mean, I think bullying is when, I think bullying is when Milo's sitting there on, on the stage um, with, with, um, with the organization that invited him, and then uh, uh, a student group or Black Lives Matter students storm the stage, get in his face, st- steal the microphone. I think that's bullying. Right, I agree. I, I think that's a better example of bullying than him saying mean things, uh, you know, about people. Right, and one of the things that uh, our friend was saying, it, it was Zach, it was Zach Kami Chorus um, that was doing it. But um, we, uh, he was, he was saying that Milo has gone on and he has shown pictures of students. He has shown pictures of students uh, during his presentation and one of them was a trans student who was going male to female and he said well he's doing an awful job because I would still have sex with him and Zach said that's misgendering that's bullying and I don't really see it as that I see that as like is it a dick thing to do yeah it's a dick thing to do but Milo's a dick we all know that and what is he bullying the student? If the student's there, otherwise he's just kind of making fun of somebody who he doesn't know. It's like me making fun of 
Caitlyn Jenner isn't, for whatever. Isn't there a fair use thing about this anyways? I mean, did he did he have like some kind of call to action on beating up transgender students or something? Right, exactly. Like I don't see I do see how what he did could be considered a dick thing to do, but bullying has become this term that has just grown so much over the last 10 years or so. Bullying used to be the guy that beat you up and stole your stole your uh, lunch money. And now if I say something that you find offensive, I'm bullying you. And that's just not what bullying is in my mind. I And maybe things have changed since I was in school, but that's not bullying to me. It's not. Well, that's good. <laughs> it, yeah, it's, it's not. And... Um... We're just going to have to hope that uh, free speech is what ends up prevailing at the end of the day. That's that if we can't have free speech, then somebody like me won't be able to get on campus and talk about my ideas and what I want to do. So, and that was the other thing. Somebody told me yes, yesterday or two days ago, I don't remember which, came up to me and said, hate speech is not free speech. And I said, yes, it is. And hate speech can also be defined as speech that you hate. Yes, yeah, yeah. And yes, it is still free speech. It doesn't matter. Like, I may not like what you say. I may think that you are one of the biggest dicks on the planet for saying it. But as the meme or the saying or whatever goes, I will defend you with my life for the right to say. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the other thing about the whole... Uh, hate speech thing and the Milo thing too is this thing where they're basically trying to blame the violence on Milo being Milo. It's like they they can't even take accountability of their own actions. So just because Milo is saying whatever it is that he's saying, then people have the right to go out and and set the campus on fire and pun- and, and punch people, which in my opinion is uh, is it's pretty sad. Um, and it just shows um, some lack of respect and lack of maturity. Right. Yeah. And somebody else was telling me, oh, well, if you poke the bear enough, eventually the bear is going to bite back. <laughs> Except we're talking about people. We aren't talking about primal animals. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You, you have the right. You, you, I mean, not the right. Yeah. You, you think. You have logic. Right. You own yourself and your actions. Exactly. So if what he is saying is so upsetting to you that you need to go and light fires and burn down your school, like you really need to get a grip on so many different things in life. Yeah. It's not going to be easy for you once you get out of school if you don't like what people say. Yeah, exactly. There's, there's none of that out, out in the real world. There's no safe spaces. There's no you can't say that. Except, you know, on someone's private property. And obviously that's all that matters, private property. Exactly. But, yeah. But, yeah, I did. This one, just, this one has upset me. And I don't think this one has upset me as much as the people who have been defending the people who have done it. No, I know. I, and and, and I, I agree with you. It, I still can't fathom it, and it makes no sense to me, that – they can defend that sort of violence. I, I can't. No, I, I don't understand it, and I don't. I mean, in all fairness, I don't want to. I, do, 
I do not want to see that side because I don't care what you're saying. You have a right to say it. If you're threatening somebody, then action should be taken. But he hasn't really threatened violence on anybody as far as I know. So I don't think that anything he says should be restricted. Exactly. I feel like I beat the dead horse on this one. Yeah, I think so. Um, moving on, we're going to talk about the Muslim band that's not a band that is a band that's not a band that is a band, depending on who you talk to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as we all know, uh, Trump has done a stay of entrance into this country for 90 days for people from seven different Muslim-heavy countries. And so many people are saying, this is a Muslim ban, and Trump is saying, whoa, I never said ban, except, you know, he said... it's temporary. Right, and it's temporary, it's only 90 days. And he's... He is continually fighting that it's not a ban and defending his position while everybody's screaming at him, this is a ban. So, as my token... Muslim <laughs> on this show. Um, what are your thoughts on it? Like, is this is this a Muslim ban? I don't think it is. Um, All right. Well, you heard it here. A Muslim <laughs> said it's not a ban. It's not a ban. Well, that's not fair because I mean, <laughs> they'll just they'll just find another Muslim, a lefty Muslim that'll say it is. I know. <laughs> um, but no, I don't think it is. I, I think it's a stupid ban, and I don't think it's going to do what it's supposed to do. But I'm not going to straw man it. You know, that's what's that's what straw manning is. You're making an argument. Um, you're basically making someone's position weaker so you can attack it, you know. And calling it a Muslim ban obviously makes it easy easier to attack, you know, that just calling it a Muslim ban like it, that's it's not. It's it, those countries are a percent of the Muslim population around the world. Uh most Muslims live in in Asia. None of those countries are on the list. Um, like, you know, Indonesia, Malaysia, India, China, India. Well, it's said China, but yeah, those countries, that's where all the, oh, Pakistan, that's where, that's, those, those are like the biggest countries in the world with Muslims. Um, not even the Middle East, actually the Middle East altogether has as many Muslims as Indonesia. If, oh, that, if that puts anything in perspective. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. Indonesia has got about 240 million people. They're all Muslim. Um, also they converted by peace. Pretty interesting, hmm. but um, <laughs> um, well, you know, just compared to um, Arab conquest and um, uh, after Islam came about, uh, it was through trade and all that. But yeah, you know, and and you have the rest of the Middle East is just about two hundred forty million people. I mean, the biggest country is Egypt with eighty. So already, the largest country in the world that isn't on the list is as is as big as the whole Middle East. And you're only talking about seven out of 22 of the Arabic countries. Right. And I mean, what, what they're saying is in this, I just think is idiotic anyway, but what they're saying is that they are just trying to do this. They're doing this temporary. I don't want to say ban just because, uh, they're, they're doing a stay of entrance into the country for 90 days so they can perfect their vetting process. Yeah. And if you're if you're 
Well, you are. So if you're <laughs> if you're a Muslim, and if you're coming over and you have like I'm certain you don't like you don't have any desire to blow up or kill anybody here. Um, yeah. So right. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're being questioned. And they say, hey, do you want to kill anybody in America? No. Exactly. No, now, I love America. Exactly. So if you did want to kill somebody and they said, hey, do you want to come over and blow anything up? What is – are you going to say yes? Exactly. I, I don't – I really don't understand the whole vetting process thing. And that's besides the you know the fact that you have a better chance of dying from a lightning strike or uh, a shark attack than you do from a refugee coming over. Or winning the lottery. Yeah. And like re, um, re, the refugees, the, the the vetting process, it, it really takes like two years anyways. So it, Right. These, so what's 90 days going I don't know why a terrorist that wants to attack America would go through the hassle of sitting around in a refugee camp for two years so they could come here to do it. They're going to try to come in. Uh, I'm not trying to say that, now that, that we should stop all immigration or all forms of visas. <laughs> they can come on a tourist visa or something, you know. Um, so the only way you're going to stop all terrorism from coming here is to stop travel from uh, literally everywhere, not just the seven countries. You can't even – you can't – even the whole Middle East won't just work. They'll just come from elsewhere. Right. Well, even with a five-year period or of like if you've been, you know, if you've been in Iraq within the last five years, you cannot come in. No, well, what? As if the only are the radicalism only starts in those countries. They can start in France. There have been radical Muslims in France uh, or, France, or Britain. Germany, yeah, Britain. born there and everything. Yep. Um, I'm sure there are def- there are radical Muslims in the states. So. Stopping terrorism through an arbitrary ban on random countries isn't going to stop it. No. So that's why I think the ban isn't going to do anything. And it, it's just him playing the I am keeping up with my political, you know, promises thing. Right. He's just he is just following through on everything he said he was going to do, whether we like it or not. But he's everything he's doing, he said he was going to do. And. We're getting mad at a politician for following through on what he said he was going to do. He's making he made promises. He's following through on it. We may not like the way he's doing it, but he's following through on it. And these are the promises that got him elected. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing too about that is, um, oh crap, I lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 I don't remember what I was going to say. Well, okay, and. You know, I've got people who say, these people believe in Sharia law. These people believe in Sharia law, and they want to bring Sharia law to this nation and blah, whatever. We need to do the extreme vetting. It's like, okay, well, if they believe in Sharia law, and they want to come here, and they want to kill gay people, and they want to just do a uh, religious uh, mm-hmm. theocracy, um, do you think that... When asked the question, do you believe in Sharia law or do you follow Sharia law, that these people are going to – like it's the same thing. Are they going to say yes? Well, some might actually say yes because <laughs> Sharia law doesn't always mean what people think it means. So like somebody 
like if you ask my dad on the way in, let's say he would say, yeah, he 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 does follow Sharia law because Sharia law is like it's just not what people think it is. Um, uh, uh, but well, what? Okay, because everything I know about it is basically everything that you hear. Yeah, all the bad points. Yeah. Of it. So what is it? Well, it's just it's it's just Islamic law. You know, it comes from the Quran and it comes from Hadith. And it's everything from stoning gays and and cutting off people's hands to uh, contract law stuff in stuff in the Quran about um, abiding by contracts and um, and uh, what you call it um, uh, when you get inheritance stuff like that marriage all of that is also Sharia law and in America you just you. You can't, and I don't know anyone that tries to do any of that stuff in the the more um, uh, Stone Age type stuff that's in Sharia, you know? Right. Um, there is Sharia law in Texas um, in, in a couple of counties and cities. And how they do it is through mediation or arbitration. They, someone is going to, you know, you and I are getting a divorce and, um, I think that goes against Sharia law. Yeah. <laughs> you and I are getting, you and I are getting a divorce, and we don't want this. We we want to do it Islamically, somehow. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, instead of letting the government do it through a civil court, we let an Islamic tribunal at a nonprofit tell us how how we're going to do this divorce in an Islamic manner. Uh, and that's how Sharia gets applied here. Um, so I don't. I, I, I also don't, I don't get the Sharia argument because you're right. If someone, if they heard that that was a thing, you know, I would be like, no, I, I'm a I'm a Christian. Right. I believe in Jesus Christ. I, I have accepted the <laughs> my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ into my heart. What so, are you gonna do? You can't tell me no. Right. Are like, we now no, in the I, business of telling brown people they're not actually Christian? Come right, on. Exactly. Exactly, and who's to say that every white person that wants to come over is Christian? Exactly. I think they may believe in it just as much as anybody else. Yeah, and some of the backlash, I remember now, some of the backlash I've got on, gotten on Facebook for my opinions on the Muslim ban is because, well, um, you can't, you, um, because I, I, uh, I was basically condemning the fact that all these people have been quiet when five out of those seven countries are countries that Obama had been bombing, you know? And they're like, well, so what if they were quiet? They're right now. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I'm not saying they're wrong, but you lose all your credibility if you don't have any principle. And if, if you don't have any principle, why should I listen to you or believe you on anything? You're just trying to be politically expedient. Right. Yes. Yeah, so... I mean, it, I don't. It's not a ban on all. It's not a ban on Muslims. It's a, it's a stay of entrance into the country from these seven nations, mm-hmm. and I don't think it'll work anyway to do what they want it to do. No, it's not. So, no matter which side you're arguing here, I think you're just kind of in the wrong. I just yeah. think the entire thing is idiotic. Everyone's using bad logic, and no one's uh, no one is addressing the actual issues. Basically, right. Um. So yeah, moving on. 
Moving on, we're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go local. We're gonna go here to Florida, and uh, let's start with these ones here. Okay. Um, which I'm gonna let you take because I don't really know anything about it. So. <laughs> okay. So something uh, pretty big that's happening on Wednesday here in Florida is it's the largest anti corporate welfare bill that's probably going to be passed. Um, the Americans for Prosperity (AFP) um, and all its whole brand, so um, all of its sub organizations, people they've acquired, kind of like Generation Opportunity. Some of you guys may know some of these organizations um, and more. Um, they they're asking that everybody in Florida that is able to to call their local um, representative and senator. Uh, and ask them to vote on this. Um, uh, earlier, Governor Scott uh, had been asking for uh, millions of dollars to go to uh, companies like um, Enterprise Florida, Visit Florida, and there was another one that we could not verify. Um, but the the whole the whole point here is uh, corporate welfare, and right now what they're trying to get is about 160 million. That's usually what they get uh, every year, um, and they want help. They want people to show up at Tallahassee, and they want less money to go to these uh, companies, which I agree with. Um, I'm sure Enterprise and Visit Florida have done some good work on getting people to visit Florida. Um, but I mean, you're still, you're, we're still basically paying tax money, um, to give our competitors, um, uh, let's say money to bring people here. I mean, like, why can't we at low tide, you know, which we do, you know, let's just say in general, um, if somebody wants to try kava, they're going to come to Florida just because of the amount of kava right, bars, because, for example. Right, because um, we have the most kava bars in the yeah, nation. Yeah, um, NASA is a government organization, but people, you know, people will come uh, to, to, to NASA. Um, uh, uh, Disney, Disney doesn't get any of our money, but they do a pretty good job. Universal. Uh, yeah, universal. So uh, our beaches. Um, I was going to say our beaches are visited year-round. Yeah. I'm not sure. How do you market a beach to people like – the people who live in Wisconsin, Michigan, the Dakotas, mm -hmm. anywhere in New England, how much marketing does it really take to say, hey, it's 60 degrees and sunny here at the beach, mm -hmm. which to us here, in, well, okay, to me, not so much to you, is freezing down here <laughs> in Florida. But to the people in New England, they're like, that's summer. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Like, we can go down there in January and go hang out, and the water is going to be perfectly warm to them, even though to us it's nothing I would ever want to jump into. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think uh, the recognition of what Florida is on its own is a good enough reason to bring people here. Um, we have some of the oldest cities in the country. Um, we have, all, you know, we have, uh, haunted houses, so I'm, I'm not sure what these companies could be doing that everybody in Florida on their own already isn't, whether directly or indirectly, you know, exactly. um, 
So they get all these millions of dollars and we don't want that money to go to them anymore because that could go to tax breaks or that could go to something else in Florida that the governments can use rather than a company, you know. They're not able to bring people in and, and make it work on their own dime, then then they should the they should be liquidated, you know, because they've got a business. So let's just say that's the extreme. They've got a business get liquidated and those um, resources will then get used by the entrepreneurs to go somewhere else. Um, and, you know, when I was in the Army, I've never, when I was in Texas, North Carolina, New York, anywhere, I haven't really seen much advertisement coming into those states telling me to come to Florida. I did see it when I was in Virginia. I did see, uh, you know, visitflorida.com or something like that. I uh, saw commercials like that every winter. And back then I thought, why would I ever want to go there? <laughs> and now I live here. But that had nothing to do with the advertising. That just had to do with the way life ended up taking me. Um, but, yeah, I don't really – I don't see the point of spending $160 million dollars on was it million or billion million million 160 million dollars on uh advertising throughout the nation because it's florida people are gonna come yeah people are gonna come from the entire world to come to our beaches and come to our cities and come to disney and to come to universal it just like i i want to go to texas you know i i like to visit california you know i want to go to tennessee but they uh I have been to all of those. Yeah. <laughs> but uh it's because I like the people in the south when it comes to those two and you know there's a lot of things to see in some of those states in California and all that. No amount of advertisement on top of it's going to make me go any quicker. Right. And I don't think any amount of advertisement would really make most people go any quicker. It's always going to be about the state of the economy um and whether they actually want to or not. Exactly. Which actually brings us right into the next one that uh, St. Pete Mayor Rick Kreisman uh, recently declared St. Petersburg, Florida, a sanctuary city, completely thumbing his nose at President Donald Trump for saying that sanctuary cities could possibly lose federal funding. Um, (laughs) And personally for me, I think – that this is just a fantastic idea. I, while I am not a fan of the sanctuary city uh-huh. ideal, um, while I'm not a fan of the sanctuary city ideal, I do like that he is willing to say, you know what, screw you, we don't need the federal money. Because I don't think that any city, any state, any town, whatever, uh, should be so reliant on the teeth of the federal government that the federal government should be able to say, if you do this, we're going to cut you off. Yeah. Just like when in the 80s, when Reagan said, if you don't make your drinking age 21 and up, you don't get federal money for highways. Mm-hmm. Same thing. I think that you should be able to fund everything on your own with zero help from the federal government. And if Rick Kreisman wants to make it where St. Pete is completely self-sufficient, I am 100% for that. Yeah, yeah. 100%. I think that that is going to blow up in his face because I do not think he is prepared or ready for that. No. But. He's already had a lot of mishaps. 
Absolutely. Over the last couple of years. Right. And I think that he's going to find he needs the federal money and he's going to try to get the best of both. Well, actually, I don't think the sanctuary city thing is going to work. I think he's saying it just to appease his progressive uh, following. But if if he was able to do it, I think that he would have to make St. Pete more fiscally conservative and have to cut back on things that we don't need. And he would have to make a lot of very difficult choices, but ones that need to be made. So that way we are not spending as much money on fluff sections of the government that are just completely unnecessary. Yeah. And I think even um, there's some headbutting between him and the sheriff over this. And the sheriff said that he wasn't going to go along with it or whatever. Um, And even one of the members of city council said that uh, he doesn't have the legal right to do what he said he was going to do. Yeah, so it's not like an official designation, basically, but he's saying that we are. Right. Which, again, I'm also okay with that, personally. Personally, yeah. You know? And if it means that we don't get federal funding, I'm 100% okay with it because I don't want St. Pete, Pinellas County, Gulfport, whatever. I don't want any of us to be reliant upon the federal government so much so that they can threaten to take the money away from exactly. us. Exactly. You know, there's that, 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 that doesn't give us as much freedom as we'd want now because we'd be threatened with, with being, having some stuff withheld from us. Exactly. Um, which, on the same topic, uh, tomorrow at the Young Republicans meeting of Pinellas County, um, at the Yacht Club in St. Pete, we have uh, Rick Baker coming. So Have the what? Rick Baker. Oh, Rick Baker. Yeah. I thought you said the red paper. I was nope. Like, I don't know <laughs> what the red paper is. No, Rick Baker is coming uh, for a meeting at 7. I have no idea what he's going to talk about. I might be there. should be interesting. Um, he's Aren't our... you the head of that? No, 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 no. no. Oh, you're Liberty Caucus. Yeah, okay. yeah. Young Republicans, yeah. Right, okay. Um, one of our last uh, mayors. Um, so it should be pretty interesting to see what he has to say about what's going on. I'm sure he's going to talk about Christman. I'm absolutely certain. Yeah. And I will say, like, I, I've talked with Christman. He's a nice guy. I like the guy. I disagree with a lot of his policies, but, you know, I wouldn't burn down a building if he was going to be there. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, yeah, so one last local topic. Um is the there's there are talks right now in Florida to have licensing for uh, watercraft that are not motorized. So kayaks and paddle boards. Yeah, kayaks, paddle boards, which sort of ties into the tourism in Florida thing. And it's supposed to be a small fee, twenty dollars per year. Um, I think that's per watercraft, maybe. Um, but I read the, I read, I read on the, uh, on the news article, it's $20. And I was like, yeah, it's going to stay $20. Like, come on. Once you implement that's, that's something. That's a great introductory rate that you are putting in there. Exactly. I was like, okay, sure. I get that. Yeah. $20. And it's supposed to go to like stuff like help fund the, um, the Florida fish, wildlife conservation and shit like that. And I'm like, no, 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 of course it's going to go up. Once you allow them to, to start collecting this fee, um, then they can kick it up next year because they're not making enough tax money or something. Right. And on top of that, it's, you're taking the freedom from people who 
put a boat in the water, you know? So like, right, like I my, don't. Uh-huh. My old roommate and I, uh, he got a couple of kayaks, and he and I used to just go out right here in the bay, and we would just kayak across and kayak back. And if you know, I had to pay twenty bucks to do that. I never would have gotten the kayak in the first place because yeah. I don't. I already give enough of my money to the state of Florida, and I already give enough of my money to the federal government. Sales tax on the thing, anyway. Exactly. So why would I want to give them more money just so I can essentially do something that was free yesterday? Yeah, and now when families and groups want to come to visit Florida, um, now they're going to have to look into paying that fee, or that fee would get translated in rental fees to these people, to companies that own a lot of these kayaks and canoes that now are going to have to pay bulk for for those licenses, um, which would make it harder for people to want to come here and use our paddle boats and canoes that they shouldn't have to pay. Exactly. Uh, you can rent them from the company, and I guess the company would be the one that's actually paying the thing. On yeah, it. but well, they, yeah, they're yeah. just going to increase the rental rate for these people to rent them, and it, in the end, it just it goes back on the consumer having yeah. to pay these. So there's a, they're trying to find any way to tax people, man, or uh, put fees on things, just like how stupid fishing li- fishing licensing is. We have a license to braid hair in Florida. Really? Yeah. You cannot braid hair for money without a license from the state of Florida. Wow. I believe – I don't quote me on this number, but I believe it's 72% of jobs in Florida you need a license for in order to perform from – you need a license from the state of Florida in order to perform them. And that is absolutely insane to me. If yeah. you know how to cut hair and I want to give you $20 to cut my hair and you say $20 is enough – that's all that I feel should be necessary. Exactly, And I get all the garbage logic from people saying, well, we need to know they know how to do their job. As if like licenses mean you know how to do your job because mistakes get made whether you have a license or not. And, it, uh-huh. Yeah, I, yeah, I was a licensed realtor down here in Florida and I wasn't very good at that job down here. No, you just paid for permission to try to do it, I guess. But yeah, well, I should be able to go to somebody and which I, you know, technically you can just ask somebody to cut your hair for you, but you can't do it publicly as a business right? Exactly. without the license. And, you know, again, garbage logic. They don't, what if we need to know if they know how to do their Yelp, you use, use the internet. How about you use uh, what people are saying about, about businesses? Isn't that how it works anyways? You hear about a cool spot. You hear about a cool bar, a restaurant, uh, or you hear uh, something bad about someplace, so you choose to go or not go. Why is that not how we do things? I mean, no, it is. But why don't we extend that to most of these other jobs that you shouldn't be required to pay money to do? You exactly. Know? Uh, it, it's sad how they want money out of anything. Right. They they just try to squeeze you for every dollar that, that it, you have. That makes so it harder on people. Your, it does. It makes it much harder on people. It makes it more difficult to get ahead in the job that you want to be doing. I've talked to some somebody about this before, um, about monopolizing, because that's how a lot of monopolies end up happening. You know, they'll they'll talk about all these regulations and all these licensing, regulatory capture. 
um, using the example of kava and Florida having a lot of it, um, we just had a new, we had two new places open over the next last couple of months. We had Muddy Waters, which is not what our show is named after, but it's a great place to be. I like it there. Um, and it's we, a nice spot. It is, yeah. It's um, not a low tide, but it's a nice spot. It, yeah. Uh, uh, their kava, I love their kava. Um, and it's not low have, tide kava, but it's No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we have um, Grassroots Kava House. Um, well, actually, in September, we had um, Bula uh, Cocoa Beach. So, like, it's it's there. People are opening up kava, right? So an example of this whole regulatory capture monopolizing thing is let's assume all the drama in the kava community doesn't exist, and which isn't any business really because that's competition, right? Right. The owners of like the biggest kava bars or all the owners could just come together since there's not really that much yet. Um, if they're devious enough, they can come together and charter for there to be a kava license and a kratom license. Um, to be sold alongside with a the whatever general license they have to have to run one, and now if someone like me um, wants to open up a kava bar, now I have to buy these separate licenses on top of the licenses I already have to, but they don't have to worry about it as much because uh, they're already established and they can just pay for these licenses that they're asking for them to be implemented that's how that's how monopolies form and that's how um that's how this could happen and it's happened with like power companies uh communication companies you know mobile internet cable um uh what you call it uh water all of that same thing now you need a license to operate that specific business and you know if they want to they can do that here now someone like me that maybe only has enough money to buy a month worth of or maybe two months worth of Kava Kratom and, you know, the rental space for the building I'm in. Now I got to spend another 5000 to buy the licenses. Now I don't have it. Now I can't do it. You know, and it's the same thing for someone that knows how to cut hair right. but just won't can't afford paying for the license or getting trained to get the license. Um, and now that is one less job that we have, and that's one less person not making money because some people will be too scared to um, defy the law because it would technically be in the in the eyes of the law it'd be illegal to run a business like that without having a license. Exactly. So they just, they just wouldn't do it. And then what are they doing now? Are they working? Are they not working? They're not are they producing on it. The welfare state? Yeah. You know, um, but that's it. <laughs> right. Well, that is everything that we have for you guys today. Thank you all for tuning in. We do appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoyed our show, please like, share, comment, tell your friends to listen. If you hated our show, please like, share, or you can give us the one of the new Facebook things, like give us like the angry face. Yeah, give us an angry face. Yeah, we we would like angry faces. Um, also share it and tell your friends to tell us how dumb and idiotic we are for our opinions and ideas. And, um, (laughs) why did you do that? (laughs) Um, and whatever you do, please, uh, don't come to where we do our show and light it on fire because, He's it's, got a lot of dry grass and leaves I, I do outside. have a lot of dry – it's my house and I really don't want my house on fire. Um, but 
Thank you. Thank you all very much for listening. We do appreciate it. Um, thank you, Low Tide Cava Bar. Do you have Cava left? Yes. All right, let's do a bull. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Shells up. Bula. Bula. He's going to talk to me about that after this. Oh, I'm definitely going to talk to him about that one. Um, thank you all very much. We appreciate it. Uh, follow us on Twitter at muddied underscore waters. Uh, on Instagram at Muddied Waters of Freedom and on Facebook at Muddied Waters of Freedom. And hopefully we'll also um, have a website. Soon. Actually, we're supposed to meet, soon, yeah, yeah. We're supposed yeah. to meet with that guy soon. Yeah, so you guys won't, might have something to actually just go to and find everything you need. Exactly. Um, all right, guys. Well, just remember where we're going. We don't need roads. Uh,